welcome to Girls That Invest, the platform that empowers millennials through financial literacy. You're joined today by your hosts, Sam and Sonia, two millennial investors who are extremely passionate about all things investing and personal finance. Hi, Sonia. Hi, Sam. How are we going? I'm good. I'm good. How are you on this beautiful, beautiful day? I'm so good. It is so sunny in Auckland. It just gets you really excited for summer, eh? It really does. I love warm weather. It just makes me happy. I feel like my mood is a little bit too personally tired with the weather. Do you know what? I don't think you're the only one. Another person would be me. (laughs) Just give me that vitamin D, baby. (laughs) All right. So today we are talking about something that I think we're both very passionate about. I know that we've been really looking forward to being able to just talk about this for like 30 minutes straight <laughs> and it's and it's side hustles so side hustles it's a buzzword it's been going around a lot and I feel like it often feels like everyone has some form of a side hustle or they're thinking about starting a side hustle and why not I mean with the opportunity to create something that's your own make an impact on the world and also you know create some extra cash on the side it sounds like the perfect way to get ahead. And this amazing report came out not too long ago. The Purpose Businesses New Zealand um, Sharpers report found that a third of Kiwi millennials have a side hustle in 2019, which is a lot more than I thought it would be. Yeah, I didn't realize so many people would have side hustles. Right. But Anyway, so how exactly does one go about starting a side hustle? How do you even find a good hustle? And where do we go running when we need to sort out our finances and taxes? I think these are all questions I definitely had when I was starting out. So I think it'll be really good to talk about them. Yeah, I'm super excited. I thought we could just spend a little bit of time exploring the why behind people even get a side hustle. I mean, do you kind of know the reasons why? I guess I just know my own reasons, but I do wonder if that's like similar to most or if I think there's a few different reasons. One is that usually in your nine to five, you don't usually earn, like I guess, as much as you'd need to in your nine to five to meet all your goals in a certain time range. So if you're saving for something or even if you're paying off debt or if you're trying to save a certain amount of money to you know, launch a business, side hustles just accelerate that. I think there's also like a shared understanding between people our age when people do work over weekends or have like side houses that they do in the evening. It's kind of that rise and grind vibe. <laughs> Ew, I can't believe I said that. I'm so sorry. <laughs> do you, okay, I'm just going to jump in and say, do you think there is like a level of rise and grind that's like, yay, cool, like morning coffees, get up and do work. Do you think there's also like some form of like an unhealthy obsession that our generation has with like working so hard and just like constantly like your nine to five's not good enough? Do you think that's a thing? Absolutely. And it's hard because you're trying to find a fine line between, yes, I need to meet my goals and I need to pay off my debt. And to do that and to keep the wheels of capitalism churning, it means that I do have to work but then on the flip side of that like I don't even know what my hobbies are because I'm working so much 
or like I don't even have time to relax or spend time with my family. But I think, I guess, the ideas of success or what society thinks success is, I think we're definitely challenging that in terms of what we want. Absolutely. I think you put that so well. That's a really good way of explaining it. Try my best, you know. (laughs) I think another why with side hustles and maybe why it's better to start off earlier, you know, if you are thinking of doing it is, I mean, right now you're the youngest you can be, if that makes sense. Like you're not going to get any younger. Right now, at this point in your life, you probably have more flexibility for things to go wrong. Mm -hmm. So for example... If you're, you know, a 20-something-year-old, you're not probably not having as many responsibilities as someone who's a little bit older with a mortgage, with a family, with kids, and they can't afford to take the same amount of risk because if things go wrong, like they've got a whole family to feed. Whereas if it's just you and yourself, you know, there's not as much to lose. Yeah, I agree with that. You've also got a little bit more energy and time as well 100 percent. and so moving forward i guess the one thing when i talk to my friends about side hustles because i'm i am that friend that like we'll just be sitting down sonia's laughing because she knows this it's so we so sitting down no one's asking <laughs> and i'm like oh my god you're so good at that like have you ever thought of like creating a side hustle or like what do you like like let's sit down and work together (laughs) this is problematic let's sit down and like go through like I was in Melbourne once on a trip with a friend and we were just like by ourselves trying to have a good night and I was like this was a few years ago I was like you're so into like the environment and no one's created like a metal straw company you should just get started like you could be all up in this and she was like thanks anyway I didn't ask but thank you so much for your input anyways um side hustle ideas I think when I do have people that actually friends that actually want to do something it's always like understandably the first step right like oh like I have this energy I know I can do something I want to create more income but what do I do? And for those people, what would you say? Firstly, figuring out what you're good at and trying to leverage that and make it profitable. Like I've got a few different examples here. One, my friend from work, shout out to you, Naomi. She just really enjoyed making jewelry and now she's full on turned it into a business. And it is a side hustle because she still works with me. Naomi's like thanks (laughs) and it's really good like it unleashes her creativity it fills her cup up because it's like mindfulness while making the earrings but also it's bringing her financial prosperity because she's turned it into like a side business on Instagram same with I think we'll get into like I guess our respective side hustles later on but simple things like if you are super creative and you paint you know selling your paintings online and these days I don't think you need like a full-on website anymore either social media you can really harness that and I think even marketers and companies are really looking to social media to market their products and tools so 
if you're using free platforms to promote your business and to promote your, you know, to promote your craft, that's always a good place to start. That's so true. And now has never been a better time with the invention of social media to be able to be a, you know, small independent artist or small independent, you know, whatever you do to be seen and to create a platform for yourself where other people can see what you're about and form a personal connection, which can then, you know, create more credibility and get people to be like, oh, like Sonia's that girl. I also really find it useful when I look at side hustle ideas to look at what's missing, finding a gap. And that has worked for me very well every single time. I'm a bit of a serial side hustler. If like if someone asked me what my hobby was, it would be like finding a side hustle. And you want, don't shake your head. I know, I'm shaking my head because <laughs> I'm so proud of you. Anyways, and I think this is what I always tell my friends when they don't ask, is that every single person has something that no one else has. So for example, just say you are really into ballet mm-hmm. and you know things that people that do ballet need and you know like things that might be missing there or things that people complain of, like, you know, it would be really nice if these the ballet shoes that we use, if they could come in more like varied skin tones because it's only just like for one certain skin tone, right? Mm. And then that's not something that me or Sonia would think of because we don't do ballet. We don't have exposure to that environment or that niche and so what I'm trying to say is everyone has their own niches we're all part of communities or environments or hobbies or even just where we work where we see things that have a bit of a gap and could be filled and the benefit of that is you have less competition because not everyone else knows about that particular thing that your niche needs I find that really helpful and it's kind of nice to know that you know, you bring something to this world that not everyone else can. Mm. How do you think someone goes about trying to figure out what a gap is in their particular niche? Oh, that's a good question. What I do is I just start to look around myself a little bit more, be a little bit more aware of my surroundings and look deep inside myself and see what I'm missing. Mm-hmm. So, for example, with Girls That Invest, it's a great example. I was really interested in learning how to invest. And so when I got started, tried to like look around, I was like, oh, like nothing really explains it in a way that I can understand or in a way that's not intimidating. And it was all very like, you've seen those Instagram accounts and they're all like, work 80 hours a week, work 100 hours a week, millionaires are made, you know, those like minds and they're just like, yeah. They're just too much, and I just, it wasn't for me. Mm. And so I was like, that's a gap that I would like, so I'm going to fill it. And I think that's how I've sort of always gone about it, because I promise you, if it's something you wish you had, there's going to be another group of people that feel the same way. Mm. And also talking to your friends and talking to the people around you, I think that's a really great way to gauge how good of an idea or maybe how receptive it might be obviously not everyone's going to agree with you and like I had friends that were like oh like you know girls that invest do people really need something like this and I was like 
Well, I think they do. So definitely believe in yourself, but also gauge what the majority of people around you are saying too. I was going to say something along the similar lines. And if you don't kind of get the information that you're wanting from your friends or from your family when you question them, because I think trying to identify gaps by talking to people, talking to consumers. One step further is if you go onto like review websites of certain products that you enjoy, like reading through the reviews and some people like they take that time and they take that energy to write really good reviews and feedback and opportunities for improvement. And if you can kind of harness that as well, maybe you can be the person that creates a product or creates a service that fills that gap if the company is not listening that is such a good idea can i just also say if anyone's really looking for a side hustle can you please just create like a clothing line of jeans that have pockets oh my god how have people not done that already please look i do it myself but i'm just not that good with clothes I feel like there are obviously jeans with pockets in them, but then they're like, they're like $200. Someone just create, please. Is there any way to create a jean? Girls that invest jeans. You heard it here first, guys. <laughs> We're going into the garment industry. Watch out, good America. Good Americans. Oh, is that what it is? Who cares? <laughs> Anyways. Yeah. So... I guess I know it's so hard to try find a good idea and I want to also jump in and say that not every single side hustle idea has to be this brand new thing that's never existed before. You don't have to create Microsoft. You can take something that someone's already doing but just make it better like Sonia said because you can see that there is a gap for it. While we you know, have just talked a bit about figuring out what you're good at and turning it into you know, a financial prospect. You don't need to do that with every single one of your passions and your hobbies. You should have things in your life that you're not trying to make into work. Like everything that you do or the decisions that you make in terms of picking up hobbies or learning a new language or whatever it might be, it doesn't need to give you financial gain for it to be valuable to your life. And With this, I guess what we're trying to say is obviously you want to have a side hustle or you want to meet your goals faster and the way to meet your specific goals is money, then you can look at these things, right? I mean, Sim, you can jump in here as well, obviously. We're not trying to say that you should monopolize every single thing in your life, right? That is such a good point and I think that's a huge disclaimer as well, like It would be so sad if we got to a point where we couldn't even just have a hobby for the sake of it Mm -hmm. and we were like learning how to, you know, like paint within the back of our mind being like, oh, how will I sell this? Like that's, that's not fair on you and creativity shouldn't be for the sole purpose of, of making money. Like your life should definitely have more things just for the sake of you enjoying them. So you're so right. And I think I've definitely fallen into this trap in the past where I've actually stopped creating digital art for a whole year because I just don't enjoy it as much anymore. 
because every time I created something, it would just be like, oh, like this is for the Indian feminist, which is a side hustle that I'll talk a little bit more about. And yeah, it just got really hard. And saying that, the new iPad Air came out and I think I might get started again. Oh my gosh. I watched this video of a study YouTuber using the iPad Pro with with the Apple Pen. And I was like, look, I'm not in uni anymore. But man, I really want that. Yes. Okay. Okay. We're getting sidetracked. But (laughs) okay. So real quickly, for those that are like, okay, look, just give me some ideas. Some easy, simple, I don't need to have, you know, these are things I can learn. What would you tell them? Sorry, side hustles that I can uh, start doing like now. I guess some common side hustles include, you know, creating your own brand on social media, whether you yourself are that brand or you're creating, you know, a product or service and marketing it through there. Because I think to talk to my point earlier, it's just such a power tool for marketing and getting your voice out there. There's also e-commerce or if you don't want to spend the time or energy building a business or a brand, seeing if there's any part-time jobs or casual jobs that you can apply for. Uber Eats, being an Uber driver, mowing someone's lawn, style walking, extra things that can, you know, lift up your portfolio a bit. Portfolio? Oh, good grief, just income. Can you tell we're an investing platform? <laughs> I think it's also really important to remember for me at least, to choose a side hustle that doesn't quite equal your time is equivalent to how much you earn. So for example, you want it to be something that can scale. So mowing the lawn is great, but there's only so many hours you can mow a lawn, right? And and you'll only get that money if you put in that time. And if you create something that starts to make money when you're not always there, for example, an online website, for example, a book that you've created because you're a specialist in a certain area. Those are ways that you can have a side hustle while also having a bit more time. It's a little bit of a hack that I've found, but obviously it takes time to get there. That's such a good point to make. Like if you're working 40 hours at your nine to five and then you're doing just the same amount in your side hustle, are we okay? Are we well? Like, are we functioning? We're just trying to buy a house. <laughs> so I think now is a good time to jump in and talk about our respective experiences with side hustles. I guess my main one that I've talked about with friends and with you is online transcribing. Do you know what that is? Mm-hmm. Is that when you, like, you know, when you watch a YouTube video and you see, like, the caption down the bottom that's, like, created and not just, like, the YouTube trying to guess what people are saying? Is that what it is? Yeah. So it can be YouTube videos. It can be videos for companies or content creators who want English subtitles or, to be honest, whatever language you speak. I think a lot of creators do like different languages being offered so it's not just English but for me personally I was transcribing in English and it was a website called Rev Mm -hmm. and essentially you do a whole bunch of they are tests and um, you can get certificates and then you 
apply for projects or projects come to you. So the longer the video and the amount that you would need to transcribe, the more money that you'd make. So if you are interested, you just go on rev.com and all the information is there. With this, it is time consuming, I will say that. So it's one of those situations where you would need to put in a lot of time for you to reap the rewards. It's not a form of passive income. And when I was saving up for my trip in Japan, it worked out really well because I had, I don't want to spend money. So I would just go home and I would do this and it could get me up to about $600 a month, which really is a lot of time and effort and focus. And I do wear glasses now because I work in an office and I was looking at computer screens and then I would go home and I'd transcribe. But I was really grateful for that. And the reason I wanted to do it is because I'm a real fast typer. Mm. And um, that's one of the things that they test you on as well. And I think I just, I just leveraged that skill and used that. Can I actually tell you something? I applied for Rev once and I didn't get through because my I have really bad grammar. Like, I don't know if you've seen but I can't spell to save my life. My father, you were there. My father used to make me write. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Bro, your father made you do like a lot of math as well. And you're Which great I at statistics. <laughs> cannot do. All right. Well, but yeah, nah. that's amazing. I'm really proud of you. I did not know that. I took five literacy subjects in year 13. So that's I dropped out of English in year 13. I dropped out of maths and science as soon as I could. This really talks to our personalities. This is who we are today. That's amazing. So a quick few questions. Is Rev like like one brand or one company that you do this transcribing through? Yeah, so I'm pretty sure there'd be heaps of companies out there if you're just Googling transcribe, but I think... It is the most popular one and the one with, I guess, more reviews from people who are transcribing that it actually it actually works and it's actually, you know, worth it going through the process. Okay. Yeah. And how, like, is there often a lot, like, just say you do have a lot of time on your hands, is there enough work or do you find that sometimes there's just, like, nothing to transcribe or are they, are they pretty good with providing? Mm. that's a good question I think sometimes you'll find that there isn't as much as work as you could be doing and other times there's like so many or other times there's only like 45 minute transcribe videos that you spend hours on because you know so that's the thing it's not a form of passive income and it relies on them providing the work in that space so I don't know if it's for everyone but that's just my experience it worked well for me went to Japan had a great time I guess the other work that I did was more to the virtual assistant side so can you tell us a bit more about that yeah so love me a bit of organization love the idea to be honest I don't know if this sounds weird to anyone but I love the concept of organizing trips and other people's schedules. Like it, it's just really fun for me and I'm good at it. So leveraging that skill and being a virtual assistant. Now there's like different 
the thing I want to say about being a virtual assistant is I think there are different courses and stuff that people try sell to people like online. Do you think people need a course to be a virtual assistant? It depends on who your client is going to be would be my answer to that. Because I know that there are some content creators who apply or like post for being a virtual assistant and they do require some level of, I guess, formal qualification, whether that is online or if you, I know, do people go to school to assistant? I don't know. But I think for the majority, I think if you can demonstrate that you've done like previous work or you have like previous experience in that space, then you should be good. Because I think some of those courses, like, are grand up. Damn. I guess it depends, like, if it's by someone that is credible and someone that Mm. is providing you with tips that you wouldn't otherwise find without doing something for, like, five, ten years, then I think I would personally look into it. But if it's just just like your random Joe that's created an online course, then maybe you're probably better off just doing it yourself and learning as you go. Yeah. Now, I want to ask you a few questions about your side hustles because I think we all have a few things we can note down and learn from you. Can you, first of all, introduce what your experiences are with side hustle? Okay. So I currently have three including girls and best which i wouldn't really call a side hustle because it's more of a hobby at this stage yeah but in saying that most of my side hustles start off as a hobby as something fun and then it gets a little bit more serious mm. so the first one is probably my most important it's my baby it's called the indian feminist and it's basically just a online platform for south asian men and women And it just really took off. So I've been doing this for a few years. It just started off as an Instagram account, as most things do. And it was when I, you know, speaking back earlier, when I was like, look for gaps. I am obviously a huge believer in equality and women's rights and rights of minorities. And I was looking for like feminist Instagram accounts to follow because I was like, oh, I like want this positivity on my feed. And I just want these, these nice little reminders. And the closest thing I found that was relatable was called the Aussie feminist, which was kind of nice because I was like, oh, like someone close to where I'm from, close to New Zealand. And they were great. And then I was like, I wish there was something for South Asian people, particularly Indians, because we do have a lot of things to talk about when it comes to equality. My goodness. And at the time, just no one was doing it. Now there's heaps. There's so many amazing platforms. There's platforms for like South Asian mental health, like South Asian like beauty standards, like everything you could imagine. But back then there really wasn't. And this was a good like three, four years ago. So I created this account. I like messaged a couple of my friends. I was like, hey, do you want to do this? One was like, I'm actually not like I'm a bit busy. And I was like, that's fine. So me and another friend just started posting these you know creating content like making our own posts Hmm. and it just took off we spoke on the bbc twice we got interviewed by the times of india which is like almost like the new york times equivalent um, in india we spoke on new zealand tv new zealand like the nz herald it's been amazing and 
it blew my mind with like what one little idea could do because I didn't expect it to do much. I kind of was like, yeah, like, but you know, Priyanka Chopra follows us on Instagram, Mindy Carling follows us on Instagram. But anyway, so that was not a side hustle in itself. It was just something fun and it created a community. We have 250,000 Instagram followers among our other social media. And I really love designing and drawing. So I was like, let's start creating like content in the form of like illustrations and then that took off and then I was like well let's turn this into merchandise so now we sell Mm. shirts and mugs and stickers and cups and it's just yeah it's beautiful and I love it and it really took me by surprise by what you can achieve just from your own bedroom with a laptop Mm. and a stylus and it's something that you really believe in because yeah, obviously this is a podcast so you can't see Sim's space, but you can tell that she is so passionate about, you know, the Indian feminist and the purpose behind it as well, which I think also talks to the success of it. So if someone's listening to this and they're actually like, yep, I've got a brand idea, I want to get started, what would your advice be or your guidance be with the legal side of things? Yeah, absolutely. So I think that's definitely something that puts people off even getting started in the first place because they're like, oh, like I'd love to do this, but like I don't want to end up with like the IRD on my front door. Um, So first step is to create a business plan. Now, this is not something you have to do. This is just something I advise. If you go on to the New Zealand government website, they have templates, but you can honestly just Google one. And this just forces you to work out like the why of what you're doing, you know, what your purpose is. It's definitely not something you have to do, but I always advise it because it helps you almost just sort of line up your own thoughts about what your plan is. And then you have to work out, are you going to be a sole trader? So someone that's going to do this on their own, or are you going to employ people? Now, it's slightly different in different countries, but overall this, the concepts are the same. Is it just you on the job or are you going to have a team of people? I personally always find it best to start off on your own because in New Zealand, if you start off on your own, you don't need a company to do this. You don't need to register a company. You can get a New Zealand business number or NZBN number, but you don't have to. Mm. And then you might want to also look into protecting your intellectual property or your IP. Again, this is not something you have to do. I find it's just something good to start thinking about, you know, your brand, your brand name, for example, You know, if your name is Sonia and you want to create like consulting by Sonia, but someone's already taken that, then you, you know, you want to protect that name if it's important to you and and if it's part of your brand. Then this isn't to do with, again, the legal side of things, but you probably want to research what your niche is or work out who your competitors are, see what they're doing, write down what they're doing well. And then write down what they're doing not so well, which is, again, kind of what you were talking about. And that's a really good way to be like, okay, they can't, you know, do this well. I'm going to make sure I am. And that's going to make me stand out compared to other people. And you also really want to know what you're trying to solve. That's a huge, important part of the success of your company or the success of your side hustle. Because if there's nothing that you're trying to solve, like what will attract people to it? 
So then in terms of tax, I promise it's not scary, at least in New Zealand. I mean, American tax just is another story. But in our country, uh, (laughs) all you have to do is at the end of the financial year, so around, it's around like April, March, you want to have everything ready around then, is you fill out what we call an IR3 form. So when you, you know, around the time everyone gets their tax deductions, Mm -hmm. that's around the same time that you fill out the form just on their website, which just states like, hey, I've made $5,000 this year. These are my tax write-offs. So for example, I used my phone 30% of the time for this job. Therefore, I'm writing off 30% of my phone bill or I'm writing off a little bit of the materials I use so for example your friend that does um, earring making like all her equipment she can write off write appreciation off. on them mm-hmm. write off the materials of them and so forth and then you have two types of tax to think about one is income tax so that's the one that I just talked about the IR3 form is to declare your income and please don't try to be dishonest it's not worth it saving a couple of grand is not worth the legal implications of getting caught so and it'll mark you for future things right absolutely like Mm. it's just you don't want to be that person we all use the resources of the country that we live in and therefore we have an obligation to pay them and there's also gst which you add on to your products if you make more than or plan to make more than $60,000 in profit in a year. So if you're earning $60,000 in profit in terms of pre-tax income, then you need to add 15% tax onto your products. So say you sell shirts and just say they're $20, you then have to add 15% tax either on top and make it like 20 I don't know, $2 or whatever it is, or... You just take from your profit 15% and give it to the government. It doesn't matter how you do it. It can be from your profit or you can add it to the margin. But those are those two that you have to think about. And so it's really not that hard. You just have to fill out a form at the end of every year, you know, show your expenses, show your income, and then it just tax it accordingly. And, and it will be like, okay, you've made this much. We'll either give you tax back of X amount or we'll charge you tax of, you know, a certain amount and if you are in a job full-time then usually your tax return covers sometimes the tax you might have had to pay anyway so just say you were going to get tax return of $500 but then your side hustles taxed at $500 you end up not having to pay anything that makes sense it does make sense but of course, I am not a tax specialist or a tax agent. So if you're unsure about anything, please seek legal or business advice from an accountant or a business advisor or head over to business.govt.nz in New Zealand and, you know, the equivalent in your own countries. The government wants you to get this right. So they will provide a lot of helpful information on getting started. But yeah, I think... That's all from me. Did you have anything to add? I think that's kind of a wrap. I have learnt a few things today. Thank you so much for sharing that, sis. I have as well. It was really good. I mean, we talked about, you know, the whys behind side hustles, different ideas, you know, leveraging what you're good at, but at the same time, 
having space for things that you enjoy for the sake of enjoying them. You know, different side hustle ideas. We went into a little bit about what you and I do as well and, you know, all the legal stuff. So I think it's been a pretty fun thing to record. We're so passionate about it that we've just been rambling nonstop, but hopefully you guys find this helpful. So, Well, I think we're good to end it here. I will finish off with a wee disclaimer. So Girls That Invest does not provide personalised investing advice for your individual needs. We are not financial advisors. The advice from Girls That Invest exists for educational purposes only and should not be relied upon to make an investment or financial decision. Advice from Girls That Invest is general in nature and does not consider individual circumstances. Always do your research and please use your due diligence. Until next time, Sonia. Till next time, Sam. Bye. Bye.